This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me today is Kai Thistlethorne. Hello. And we are joining you, we should be talking about three games after the festive period. We're only actually going to be able to talk to you about one. Uh, we'll get on to that later with Everton and Southampton matches being postponed. Um, so we're only actually joining you after what to be fair actually was a really good performance and a really good result from Newcastle, one or draw with Manchester United. Yeah, it was an exciting game. Enjoyed watching it. Yeah, obviously that great goal from Alan Sam Maximan, uh, seven minutes in. Perfect start to the match. Great finish. And to be honest, a deserved lead from Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah, I definitely feel that you that the Newcastle probably could have come away with a win there and you know, Sam Maximan again should have maybe made that two 0 early in the second half with a Really close race change. Literally, if he'd A, made any form of better contact on it or B, hit it in any other direction than he did, probably would have gone in. But, you know, Newcastle had the best opportunities throughout the entire match. Yeah, I mean, it, as you say with that one, obviously Sam Maxman, of course, should do better there. But still a bit bit unlucky from our point of view that, as you say, you know, literally if he goes basically anywhere else, instead of straight to De Gea, it would still have trickled in. So, but yeah, a bit unlucky there. And I think if that goes in early in the second half, I think we do go on and win because we did play really well. Um, I thought for pretty much almost the entire game, I thought we were the better side. I, there was hardly any spells, despite Man United having more possession, where I thought really that they were the better team. And of course, Callum Wilson, he also, I mean, obviously he was rightfully disallowed, but he we thought we, he'd made it 2-0 as well. So again, as you say, we were making the better chances, even after Cavani equalised in the 71st minute, which again, for me, a bit of fortune for Man United there. Again, I think we could have done a bit better in terms of defending it. You know, if you leave Edinson Cavani in that much space in the penalty area, then, you know, you are liable to get punished for it. But the fact that the ball sort of rebounded straight to him after we blocked the first one for him to then sort of slice in with a bit of a miss kick, I think, again, we can probably count ourselves a little bit unlucky. That's kind of how the breaks have gone for us this season. But even after that, as you say, we were the ones going forward and creating chances in the later stages, weren't we? Yeah, Jorgensen had a great performance in the midfield. Really, really hard working. Kurit was the instigator of most of those chances that Newcastle have. Um, there's a few, say, a few chances in when Wilson and Sam Maxwell were off injured. Jacob Murphy hit the post. It was a great shot. And then De Gea made an excellent save um, straight after that when the ball was uh, hit out to, to Almiron. Um, but yeah, like I just, I just say, Jared, I said at the start, I do feel that. Newcastle were unlucky. I suppose it makes a difference when you have a bench like Man United and you can bring people on. Um, just just 
as of of Edison Cavani standard. Um, whereas when you know you lost some Maxman and and Wilson, y- your choices were a bit more limited. Not that they played badly. I'm just saying again that it will equalise it by Cavani. Yeah, it's luck, but also you know a Cavani like a, a player like Cavani, he's give him three chances, one of them's going to go in. Yeah, I mean that's uh, one of the differences between the two sides is. And again, you know, I thought he did play all right when he came on, but you know, we lose our two best players, and we have to bring on players like Jacob Murphy. <laughs> they can bring on Sancho and, and Cavani. But again, considering that we lost both of our two best players to injuries, and obviously we'll, we'll talk about that a, a little bit later on as well. But the fact that we were still in the latter stages, even after being pegged back, even after those injuries, it wasn't really us hanging on at the end. We were still pushing forward to make those chances. And as I said, on on, on another day, <laughs> I think uh, one of them probably goes in and we do get the win that I'd, I'd even taking my Newcastle hat off for a moment that I really do think we deserved. It is the main issue with Newcastle that I know how long you play, especially in recent not how long you played and how many chances you have. Newcastle aren't capitalising on those chances. Mm. And yeah, you didn't necessarily have the most possession in the game, even though it felt like Newcastle did, especially throughout that entire match. It felt like Newcastle were in control. And you always looked dangerous, but the problem was there was not really that much end result. Mm. I don't think that's really down to Manchester's defence, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's necessarily down to Newcastle's ability to create chances. I, I don't know what it is. There just seems to be something that they're... I mean, De Gea obviously played really well. So first yeah. off, let's put it down to that. Um, but it's just... Shots going off target, shots hitting the post, or just going over the top of the bar. Yeah. Unfortunate things like fouls and players getting injured constantly, it seems, at the moment. And I think Ronaldo was lucky to stay on the pitch. But there's, def- there's definitely something. And I think if, if one more thing clicks for Newcastle, you're going to start seeing these um, draws or close losses start to turn the other way. But it's it's a much it, probably one of the best performances of the season so far. It's just really unfortunate he's just not seeming to get decisions go Newcastle's way, uh, and there's just not there's just not that final thing. It's great having Callum Wilson doing it, and I know Jolington and Sam Maxwell are working really hard, but I do think they need to have somebody else with a little bit more oh, quality. Sounds really harsh. No, I think you I think you spot on to be honest. I, th- I think we do. Need that bit more quality in the team. Just, yeah, I know you said a lot about them being um, championship side players, a lot of them, and I agree to to an extent. But just somebody else who can just has that innate luck and innate knowledge of where the goal is mm. to get those in, because we've seen it with players throughout the throughout the Premiership where they just seem to have an innate ability to be able to just get shot on target, whatever. And some Maxwell and Wilson have that. You know, despite the odd blip, and I think Almiron has his days when that's true, but it's just not consistent enough yet. Yeah, and no, I think I think you make a good point. And actually, just just to go back to uh, Ronaldo, who you mentioned there, I think he was. I agree with you. I think he was a bit lucky to stay on the pitch. I mean, I'm not going to say sit here and say it was like an absolutely shocking decision from the ref. He, he did book him, but I think on another day, I think that's that's probably a red card because. I think it was Ryan Fraser, though I could be wrong. He absolutely goes through him. 
Yeah, it looked very, it looked very aggressive, unnecessarily aggressive. It was because Ronaldo has the tantrum because he was absolutely shite. Did nothing that entire game. I mean, um, him, him and uh, yeah, Bruno Fernandes. I mean, they just wouldn't. Just useless. Um, but that's maybe if it was another player than Ronaldo, maybe they'd get a red card. I think Ronaldo was lucky with the fact that because he'd been absolutely shite balls, he hadn't been involved in anything else. I think if there had been any other niggle at any point where he'd had a go at another player, maybe that would have turned to a red. Maybe he'd have got a yellow early on, but because that was literally his only contribution of the match. <laughs> Um, maybe oh. that's why he got yellow but he did do nothing but complain maybe if it was I don't know a Dean um, <laughs> maybe there would have been another yellow card for complaining against the ref but I think the ref actually had a really good match the entire game so I can't really complain yeah I mean this isn't me complaining at the ref I just think uh, yeah I think on another day he probably walks but we are forgetting one of Ronaldo's contributions to the match which, if you might remember, was that absolutely glorious miskick where oh, he swung and then it hit him in the face. Much, much to the delight of St. James's Park. And I have to say, us at home listeners, we, I think we both very much enjoyed I that I think moment. even in the studio, they replayed that. They replayed that <laughs> more than there was necessary for the replays on the, or, or, or during the game. It was, it was brilliant. I it, mean, like, I don't, as I say, okay, yeah, that maybe that was his main contribution to the match. Because... I, other than passing it to the Magpies, I don't actually see what he did that entire match. Every time he had possession, there was like absolutely no concerns. Now, I would love to say that's because Newcastle kept him under control, but unfortunately, um, I say unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know, it's a bit of both, but you know, unfortunately for Ronaldo, it's because he did nothing and there was absolutely no danger from him. And same with Fernandez as well. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I do think it was Newcastle's. Probably our top performance of the season, as you mentioned before. Um, but we have to also say that Manchester United really didn't play very well. I, I was expecting a lot more from them, considering, obviously, because of postponements, they'd had that gap. They'd had literally about two weeks on the training ground with Ralph Rangnick. I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. And of course, that, as we've seen now in subsequent games, so they've just lost to Wolves. They're still having some issues. Um, I think I think Newcastle. Newcastle. I think Newcastle. Well, I suppose Newcastle came out and played their game, and they rushed them and ran at them and put pressure on them constantly. Manchester United aren't a team that enjoy that, and Newcastle didn't allow them to play at the pace that Man United wanted, and they panicked. Um, I don't think it was the whole team that panicked, but I think it was their players in key positions. Their defence is shocking anyway, so we'll just ignore that. Um, <laughs> I mean, Harry Maguire's not having a good time, is he? <laughs> you know what? 80 million, as I said before, <laughs> millions of times, whatever. Um, you go and poach Leicester's players and they'll be shite for you because they don't really like you. Uh, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I think... I think maybe if they'd actually started with Cavani on the pitch, because as soon as he came on, he was a threat. Mm. Uh, he was always hanging around that penalty box. There just seemed to be no real positioning of Ronaldo and Fernandez. They didn't seem to play as a team with the rest of, of, of Man United. I just didn't seem to have the work rate. Ronaldo mm. never goes back to the fence. Neither does Fernandez. Um, to be honest, did Greenwood even play? 
he, I think he went he went off. I think yeah, half time for Sancho. See, this, is, this is the point. I did not really done anything. No, and Sancho didn't do anything either. We literally the only player that seemed to have a, an impact was um, Cavani. And don't get me wrong, I thought Matt Tomlin played really well as well. But there was no real cohesion with the team. I think if if, if Ragnarok had literally just been brave and maybe put on the younger squad or the squad that actually feels like they want to play together, mm-hmm. because there does seem to be divisions, and we've seen it in previous matches, but especially at the end of this one, because they lost, because they played so poorly, and I feel that Ronaldo blames the team. Same with Fernandes, because every time there was a ball that he mishit or whatever, he was complaining at his teammates. Um, and yeah, you know, props to Newcastle for putting them in that position because he was uncomfortable because there wasn't an easy ride like he's had. Even though, oh, we did really well going to Juventus. Yes, well done. Went to a team that won um, uh, the, the previous really the, the, the previous the previous league. Yeah, in the in the year before, um, it's a lot more challenge. And I don't think him and, and I, I think it's a problem with quite a few big name players from 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 Europe. That sounds really racist in a way, but it, it, it's not. But I think a lot of them expect it to be, this is the team that's going to win everything and I'm not going to have to necessarily go back and, and get dirty and, and, and be rubbing elbows with everybody. Fernando's rub, rubs elbows, fouls them and falls over a lot. Um, but it's not the same type of thing. Whereas if you look at Jolington, I, don't, I couldn't tell you what position Jolington was playing because he was everywhere. Every time... There were needed help in defence. Jolinton was there. Every time there was a break, Jolinton was there. Every time that they got possession in midfield, Jolinton was there. And I do, yeah, I'm not an idiot. I do know where Jolinton plays. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I think the point is that Jolinton put in a massive, massive work rate during that entire game. Yeah. And yeah, maybe yeah, he didn't get a goal. But I think he was that the heart of the team during that. And yeah, yeah, Sam Maximum scored a goal when he was great. And he's always great. And he always has his, adds that, um, you know, pizzazz to the team. And Wilson is always the one to finish it. But I do think that if without Jolinton, the rest of the team might not have got around as the effort. Because yeah, Sam Maximum, Wilson, Jolinton always put in that effort. But then you had people like Murphy when he came up. Fraser was everywhere. Um Considering you've got a lot of injuries and, and illnesses in the defence, not as much as Leicester, but <laughs> so considering you've got as many, because we have literally our third defence being filled well, in at the moment. Like two midfielders and a youngster in there. Yeah, and our bench is filled with youngsters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're basically playing almost our under 23s. Um, but like, they all actually acted like a cohesive unit. And um, I don't believe we've said that of Newcastle this entire game. Um, this entire season, sorry. But yeah, you can put that down to good um, good training and all that stuff. But I, I do feel there's much more of a team feeling. And, and Jolington's become, and, and we've said it before, like I have joked that Jolington's your best player but all I, season. I think he is becoming one of our most important <laughs> players, isn't he? The way uh, yeah, but, I have, yeah, but I, I have, you know, called myself back on that at recent times before this point I'd like to say <laughs> that Jolinton played really well I didn't expect him to play that well and he got asked that really awful question of I didn't realise you were that good that was really poor wasn't it I was it? like come on dude did you know go and ask for tell Ronaldo I didn't really realise you were that shit because he was shit and no one's <laughs> going to say it um, but I don't I didn't think Jolinton had that amount of 
grit, I suppose it is, because he was throwing it. He was so strong in defence. And I, I know that he, Newcastle used to play him up front as a holding player more than anything. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, the rest of the team couldn't actually get him the ball no. but, <laughs> or support him when he had the ball. So you didn't really see it. But whatever he's doing now is just, is just really, really good. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever water he's drinking seems to be working. Uh, we can only hope that this continues. Luckily, in a way, you've had these two games postponed. I mean, God knows what that's going to mean for the rest of the teams when we get to it because so many have been postponed recently. It's going to be a week when you have to have five matches. But, I mean, it gives them time to, to get over it. And, and does Sam Maxwell play in the African Cup? Oh, no, he's French. Oh, so he's French. Sorry, my bad. I, I think we'll, we'll be all right, actually, in terms of the... You, the you don't have anybody at all? At the moment, we don't actually have any African players. Okay, um, that's all right, because, you know, we are two midfielders that play in the defence. <laughs> They're both playing in the African Cup as well. So, you know, woo! <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of, of those postponements, as we mentioned before, yeah, it was the Everton and Southampton game called off due to us not having enough players available. Of course, the rule at the moment is teams must have 13 outfield players and a goalie ready to go. And, of course, what happened in the Man United matches, we lost Sam Maximan and Wilson. Subsequently, I think Fraser also picked up an injury in the mat. And on top of that as well, uh, Javier Manquillo got a yellow card, which was his fifth of the season. So he earned a suspension. He played this season. (laughs) (laughs) That said, obviously the injuries aren't good. What at least has worked in our favour with these postponements is that it gives some of the players a bit of a chance to recover. Now, when it comes to Wilson, his did look quite bad and Eddie Howe wasn't very optimistic. So to be honest, it might not mean that much in terms uh, of him because he could potentially be out for well over a month or two. Hopefully he isn't out for too long because we know how important he is at front. But for your, your ASMs and Frasers, it gives them a bit of time to hopefully get fit again. And we're not actually going to have another Premier League game now until the 15th of January, where we have that obviously massive game against Watford. Um, so, yeah, we've got we've got a couple of weeks. And also, hopefully, we'll get some signings through the door as well. Um, I mean, it's definitely necessary. We, we've already talked about the gap, so I'm not going to go over it again. But with, with the current injuries, it's... It's really needed. It'd be great to see some players come out on loan, to be honest. I feel that that's going to be the easiest way for Newcastle to get people in. The loan with, you know, potential to buy at the end. I just think January is a weird time. Yeah, and especially with the position we're in, I think it will be easier to tempt players on loan because then they can come in. If we go down, they don't have to worry about it. And... If they do well and we stay up, then, as you said, there's that potential of maybe a loan to buy, something like that. And then, because if we stay up, we are going to then be an attractive proposition for players now that we're going to be more active in the transfer market. We're going to be, hopefully, looking further up the league and and so on. But, yeah, as you say, this one's going to be a bit of a weird one. I think loans could be uh, the order of the day. You're going to need someone like Wilson, not Wilson, someone who was in Willock's position. Yeah, a good player was showing good potential, but you know, not first team standard of, of the respective clubs that they're in. Someone who's waiting for that opportunity, which means, yeah, maybe necessarily they're not going to be like a long term option. But, but you definitely need somebody in defence, I feel, and then you definitely yeah. need some strikers and, and maybe it's the odd midfield. I mean, I say Fraser's been playing really well, and so is Murphy. 
but it'd be really good if you had some cover in those positions. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah. It's pretty threadbare, isn't it? Especially with the injuries and, and of course, COVID cases uh, as well. Hence, the, uh, the, the postponements. Uh, in terms of defenders, um, well, we're not, we're not going to talk about rumours too much because Newcastle are getting linked with anyone and everyone. Um, so until like deals are actually confirmed, we're not really going to touch on too much. That said, it does look like we're going in for Kieran Trippier, who of course is currently at Atletico Madrid, won the title for them or with them last season. Um, again, if and when that's confirmed, we'll, 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 we'll give our thoughts a bit more on that, but that is like a big one um, that does seem to be um, pretty legit as far as rumours go. Uh, so that would be someone who could come in and help the defence. And I said, well, I mean, we're going to need forwards, especially with Wilson being injured. And even if even if he hadn't been, he was basically the only one apart from Dwight and Kale. And yes, yeah, defenders, absolutely the order of the day. Basically everywhere, but God, he's not this point in time. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've just, you just got to hope. I mean, as I say, January is a difficult time. You're going to have to try and entice those players who maybe don't get enough playtime, especially because of your position. I mean, you were two points off safety and you've played more games than Burnley and Watford, almost three more games. It's not looking rosy. Maybe you'll get those players that really want to show their their home teams, you know, like those millions of Chelsea, un- like <laughs> forgotten ones. Um, they really want to show what they can they can do. Ho- hopefully you'll get that. And, and at the moment, Newcastle seems to be the team that, that you'd want to join doing that because they're so, you know, Guns are ho at the moment. Oh, I don't, I don't even know what that phrase is. Whatever, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you're just going to need that. You're going to have to try and entice those young players. I mean, yeah, if you've got those older, experienced, more experienced ones that are willing to join, great. But I think it's going to be a lot more singing to the to the youngsters. Yeah, I mean, as you said, in terms of our position, as as of that Man United game, since obviously that was our last one. We are now exactly halfway through, through the campaign with 19 games played. Only one win under our belt. That I mean, there's no, there's literally no sugarcoating that. That's not good. I mean, the fact that we're only two points off safety, considering that, I think shows also how bad some of our rivals have been. But as you said, Burnley Watford do have some games in hand. So, you know, it's, it's still not a particularly rosy position for us to be in. And that is going to affect players who when we try and sign them in the summer they're going to look at the league table and they're going to wonder how up for this scrap are they um so as you said maybe loans things like that so yeah hungry young players as you said a bit like Willock last year I mean what an impact he had and well, to be honest just if, if Joe Willock could just have that kind of impact in the second half of the season or even even half of that that would also be a massive boost for us and well I suppose in terms of defenders, there's one player that we could uh, could really have done with right now, and that is former Newcastle uh, centre-back and, and captain Fabrizio Colaccini, who, if you haven't heard, listeners, uh, announced his retirement, aged 39. I mean, what what a player he was. Um, just I mean, just to get the, sort of the, the numbers out of the way, signed him in 2008 from, from Deportivo La Coruña, and he made 275 appearances for the club over eight years before he returned to Argentina in 2016. Now, obviously, the way he sort of left like mid-season and things like it wasn't um, necessarily ideal. But I have to say, I do have some great memories of him as a Newcastle player. 
you know, in his peak, which, I mean, that 2011-12 season when he made the PFA Premier League team of the season. Now, I mean, how often in the last 15-plus years of Newcastle had a player who would even be in contention for a place in the team of the season, let alone actually get into it? He, he was so he was so good. Um, he's definitely... If we could have 2011-12 Colaccini in this uh, in this defence right now, what I wouldn't give for that. But just wanted to give a bit of a shout-out to old Colo. Um, narrowly missed out on a place in our all-time Newcastle 11 that we did at the start of the season. Top, top, yeah, top player. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what we need to do now is we need to try and find some defenders who can sort of carry that on. I mean, obviously, we've had Lascelles in those years since then. Um, and I think he is a good leader, but He's certainly at the moment, yeah, certainly at the moment, um, his form, you know, really, as with all of the defenders, I'm not saying it's solely Chamala Sell's fault. Uh, as, a, as an entire defence, obviously, we've really been very poor. But um, in terms of just like leading by example, obviously, you would have wanted a bit more from ourselves this season because we know what a player he can be. We, I mean, we did see what he could achieve under Rafa Benitez, for example. Um, but well, we thought he was unlucky to not be in the England squad during that season. Um, I wonder if Sam Maxman will be in the French squad. It's for difficult to get into. Yeah, a lot of competition, but I mean that that talent. He's going to get injured though, isn't he? So. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> God, that's true. Um, yeah, well, believe it or not, Newcastle are actually still in the FA Cup in the third round. Oh well, we're entering the FA Cup in the third round. Yeah, but that that's about that's about it. That, that, that's 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 yeah. Newcastle hey, peak. Yeah. No, you're right. We, we are still in it. Yeah. I wanted to say that now. We're still in it. For um, potential of that not being true next. Uh, I mean, you are against Cambridge. But what do you mean? We've got an amazing record. I know. In the FA Cup of late, haven't exactly. we? <laughs> yeah, only been past the fourth round once since my flash to go. What happy memories. Um, so, yeah, Cobram would be nice. But, I mean, I don't even know if you're going to be able to compete in this Cambridge match, which is on what, the 15th of January? Uh, no, that that was the the Watford game. This is um, the eighth of January. Oh yeah, so that's why. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there is. So uh, th- this Saturday. This week is. The- yeah, um, I, that's the thing. Like when you, you look at those numbers, I'm, you know, we're six-time FA Cup winners. I mean, that's. When was the last time? Nineteen fifty-five. Nineteen fifty-five. Yeah, I, don't, I feel <laughs> like you can't. You can't use that stat now. <laughs> that's <laughs> like. <laughs> Just absolute bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> but, oh my, just, but just imagine if we'd have actually occasionally won it since then. We would actually. What's the almost... furthest you've got since then? Other than well, that's in living memory. In our living memory, so oh, well, we, we reached the back-to-back finals in the nineties. Obviously, lost them both to Arsenal and Man United. Yeah, we won't, yeah. Go, away, we won't go over but, that. But other than that, <laughs> but what, as I say, in terms of more recent memory, as you say. The week we get Leicester beat Chelsea last year and win the FA Cup. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. And that was your first one. You need five. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at our recent record in the FA Cup. I mean, apart from the quarterfinals, which we made the other year, it's not it's not been good since Mike Ashley took charge. We know that Cups were never a priority under him. And that is obviously something that I very much hope will change now that we're under the new ownership. But that said, as you mentioned, to be honest, I feel like this season, 
I don't actually think I'd mind that much if we went out early because A, I'm, wor I'm worried that our players will play in this match and then get injured for the Premier League games and B, I kind of feel like it's it's a bit of a distraction we don't really need. I'm not saying I want us to lose against Cambridge because because I don't and also y y no one wants to be on the end of a giant killing when you are supporting again. the bigger team. This is again. Yes, it's been known to happen uh, <laughs> in recent years as well. <laughs> well, I mean, la even last year or the season before, the only re reason we even got to the quarterfinal was because we s absolutely scraped <laughs> tooth and nail past on like League One and two teams. <laughs> can I just say, it's a bit of a side note, but can I say how disappointed I am at the UFA pop game to be so And the ones that are tend to be like the Premier League teams who are playing each other in the FA Cup. I'm sorry, but I feel that all of these should be on at least terrestrial TV. All free to view. Because, like, forget this. I know the stupid, pointless rules that only exist in this country and nowhere else in the world. Um, but, like, this is going to be sometimes the only occasion that fans of, like, the lower league teams get to see their team on the telly. I'm, I'm surprised our game isn't on, considering we're playing a League One team. So there is that. Especially Newcastle, so it's definitely potential. No, no but there is. <laughs> I'm not honestly real half about it. But, like, but let's face it, there's more of a chance of us being upset than Chelsea. Yeah, and, and there's like, you know, COVID restrictions are coming in again now for, for a lot of people. I know Boris says, oh, don't panic. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, it's the perfect opportunity for them i just feel it's just i just feel that it, it's really i don't know maybe maybe snobbish on behalf of the, the telebroadcasters but just feel that it's unfair i feel like we should be supporting these teams in the fa cup this is an amazing thing for a lot which should be for everybody i know it's not treated that way with, with some premier league clubs this is an amazing opportunity for them and i mean imagine cambridge united players going to newcastle and playing on st james's park mm. I mean, that and it doesn't really matter what the score is at that point. That in itself is is a huge thing. I just feel that I feel we're all missing out on on seeing these these league players playing in this competition. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, as you just said, there a lot of Premier League teams obviously don't treat it seriously enough. And here I am advocating for Newcastle doing that because. I, I would like to see us give some of our younger players a bit but, of a chance in this game. And Matt, Matty Longstaff just come back from loan. Yeah. He made a whole five five appearances for Aberdeen. I mean, we spoke about that when he left and how it could be useful, you know, if he if he plays a key part for the season. Nope, five appearances. So he's back. I think if you had a, a larger youth squad or just a larger squad full stop at this point, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a problem. But, but that's fine, you as a fan saying that. But what what I mean is that clubs themselves yeah. and, and, and the players don't care. I mean, would you see Ronaldo playing an FA Cup match against Cambridge? No, you wouldn't because he'd sit on the sideline. And if you don't believe me, what did he do when Portugal played the teams that he didn't feel good enough? He didn't go on the pitch. Oh, do you mean like in the Nations League when he showed up only after Portugal had got to yeah. the finals yeah, and then did. took all the credit when Portugal won? Yes, he did. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that just shows us a complete disrespect. Uh, again, of the teams themselves and the teams that you're facing, but again, the fans. Those people came there to see their team play against, in this case, Newcastle United. And yeah, Newcastle might not necessarily play their top 
their top team, mainly because they're all injured. Um, but to, be, I mean, to be fair, I, I feel like that that does let us off the hook a little bit if we do put out a bit of a reserve yeah, but, side. But even then, you can put out a, a youth team and have, you know, you, you still have the potential to put on those stronger players. You probably have like a, maybe like a good 10, 15 minutes. But the point is that, especially if you if if you're winning great if, if if that team's losing then those players will come on and and try and make the best of it at least that's what should happen uh, but i get that the the fixture list is really busy so you, if you've got an opportunity to try and rest players that's what you do against the teams who you assume you should beat mm. and that's not me being cruel to uh, teams like cambridge you, you just assume that your team should in no sweat at all be beating that type of, of team and I'm not meaning disrespect. It's just given the amount of training, the professionalism, the you know the facilities that Premier League teams have. Yeah, and I mean, Cam- should happen. Cambridge are seventeenth in League One. Of, of course, we we should. <laughs> yeah. You know, these upsets shouldn't happen. Of course, the fact that they do is part of why the FA Cup is so beloved in this country. Um, you know, that's that is the cause and cruel magic of the cup as is debated every year. Yeah, the magic of the cup that we don't get to see because they only play Premier League teams playing Premier League teams. Mostly, yes, there's the odd one. But I want to see these League One and League Two teams play because it's like the best bit. You only go and see a Sunday League match and it's like, you know, if you're on the sidelines, it's just effing and jeffing and there's just <laughs> people running all over the place. And it's just it's like rugby. It's not far off. I want to see that. And I want to see them put pressure on the Premier League teams. Because I don't like it when people play that because it's not the professional way of doing it. It's not what they're used to. Yeah. It's a completely different. It's just people running and doing the best that they can for their team. And I think that puts a lot of a lot of clubs on the back foot. And that's what we want to see. Yeah, they might still lose, but it's all about that that grassroots passion coming through against a squad that expects they're gonna win. And there's always that hope is that praying for the underdog. And I'm sure if Cambridge are playing really well, yeah, you're going to be a bit pissed off that Newcastle <laughs> aren't doing very good, but you still won't be, yeah, you'll be mad at Newcastle, but you'll still be happy for Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the point, and I feel like we're missing that. And yeah, it's a bit of a side point. I just want them all to be on TV so I can watch them because it's great. I love watching League One football and League Two football. It's, it's just, it's really good. <laughs> well, Newcastle will be in the Championship next year. I don't so want we'll to halfway there. No, it's all right. <laughs> You know, I want you against Sunderland so you need to go a couple more leagues down. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, they, need, they need to come up and we need to go down and then we can have a time <laughs> yeah, I, don't think, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be back next week, listeners, to digest Newcastle's impending loss to Cambridge United of League One. And of course, preview that huge, huge game with Watford and hopefully maybe talk about a signing or two. I won't hold my breath too much, but I mean, we need we need a few through the door, so fingers crossed. In the meantime, though, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problem. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.